Hello, and welcome to the Unique CPA with your host, Randy Crabtree. We're committed to creating a thriving community of accounting professionals who are physically and mentally healthy, fulfilled, and energized by their work. Our ultimate goal is to elevate the reputation of the accounting profession and vastly improve the lives of those in it. The Unique CPA is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today, our guest is Ellen Choi. Ellen is co-founder of IWIN. And IWIN is a, uh, a uh, practice automation platform that has a few different functions to it. Client engagement automation, billing automation, payment automation, collection automation. You know what? I probably shouldn't even uh, go into it. Uh, uh, let's uh, welcome Ellen to the show, and we'll have her kind of explain IWIN and her, her background itself. So, Ellen, welcome to the Unique CPA. Thanks, Randy, for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here, and I would love to explain all of those automations that you just listed you know that uh we do we do automation so i think we definitely got that part right um but you know (laughs) yes uh yeah so we'd love to tell you a little bit more about my background and how we started iwin and i think that will give you kind of just more context of why we're doing what we're doing today um so my my background just really quick i studied Data science, um, just big data, like basically uh, large complex regressions before it was machine learning and AI. Um, but really, you know, I think that that was just a trajectory. So um, did a lot of that in, in school and then worked at Google's finance team doing technology and automation projects um, and also wearing a lot of different hats, uh, data science, business analytics, HR, finance. And we use, you know, since we're being recorded, I'm not going to say the name of the system that we use for our ERP, but let's just say that uh, we did not like using it. It was very (laughs) clunky, like, you know, very old, just, you know, so what really ended up happening was a lot of just very manual repetitive processes, you know, lots of Excel files being passed around, very insecure, very, very, you know, non-compliant, you know, things happening. And we're talking about Google, you know, which is, a technology leader um, in our society. So, you know, from my perspective, like I just basically, you know, thought, why do I need to deal with all of this crappy software when there's so much great, like, consumer software out there? Um, you know, so for me, like, you know, being on this founder's journey, it's really trying to solve a problem that I experienced personally and having very deep empathy for the back office, you know, worker that have to deal with kind of some of these legacy tooling, you know, things that are, that don't talk to each other fragmented, which I think Randy having spent a lot of time in the space, you're probably familiar with a lot of sort of the dynamics of what I'm discussing, you know, oh, yeah. that exists. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after that, yeah, I got my uh, MBA, came back out, um, worked actually as Went into product management um, at a mobile gaming startup. So actually learned a lot about digital engagement and, you know, just kind of consumer experiences. And one of the things that I've just been really interested in doing is really marrying kind of that, you know, experience of cutting edge, like consumer grade experiences with powerful, fully functional, high ROI software for the enterprise. And so before I went, I started another company um, building B2B SaaS software for HR, so that company started this company with my co-founders, um, you know, kind of with the same thesis of can we bring, you know, modern, delightful, you know, like very highly, uh, greatly experiential, you know, tooling to a space that has not seen a lot of innovation, quite frankly, in a lot of the software that, you know, we're using today from like 
the CPA firm's perspective. So kind of started, you know, I went with kind of the thesis and my co-founder, Justin, he um, is a serial entrepreneur as well, along with Pat. And um, basically when they sold their last company, they had accountants that were doing really great work. Um, but, you know, three months after the work was done, they got an invoice for the work. And it was like, what, where did this invoice come from? Like, right. why did they bill us at the time? So that really just drove home the point, you know, the fact that, I mean, like revenue is the lifeblood of a company and a firm, you know, for like, right. So it's like, how is it possible that, you know, this process is not being run tightly as it should be. Um, so we just started digging and digging and digging and just, you know, from, from our perspective, we're a very customer first customer centric, you know, company. So then started doing lots of interviews and really like, you know, our earliest customers, um, you know, CP firms pointed us to the revenue cycle, just saying, Hey, like the billing is such a, it's such a hot mess. Um, you know, the clients, it takes, it's so cumbersome for them to pay. We don't know how much AR is outstanding. Really. It's like a very fragmented, painful process. So then, you know, we realized there's so much opportunity to really partner with CPA firms and, you know, help them on a problem that is just so core to thriving and growing, you know, their their business. Um, so it started, you know, I went kind of with kind of that that thesis um, and started with the payments and collections automation and then kind of started to build other parts on top of the existing tooling. Um, and one of our really like superpowers that we developed very early on is uh, we developed really tight integrations with kind of all sorts of different um, tools that CPAs use today, um, starting out with the practice management system. So we spent a lot of time just making sure we can have, you know, read access to the core data so we can provide an experience where the client can pay in two clicks on mobile instead of 10 different steps that they might have to take with the system, you know, that's not integrated. So like we have that sort of automation and modernized experience along every single step of sort of um, the different workflow cycles that we support. And we're just kind of building more and more on top of the automation that we're discussing that you kindly listed at the beginning. Um, you know, so really excited about the potential for that. Um, so yeah, that's a little overview of iWin. Nice. I mean, things that you said there, I, I find so intriguing from just the, the, 10 clicks to two clicks and automation and saving time and, and uh, which is something that I talk about a lot. Uh, and what I find often, it just seems like when people go or look at automation or look at changing technology that they get scared. There's this, this, I think it's our brains just see this short term and I'm going to say pain, but it's not sure really pain, but the short-term payment, it really is. Okay, we're going to make changes. Oh, no, pain, short-term pain. I can't deal with that. And they can't see past that to all the long-term gain that's going to be there, all the savings they're going to have down the road. Getting paid quicker, like you just said. Um, I'm probably jumping way further ahead in the conversation than normal, but when you just said that, I was thinking of that. So is that something you see that that – there is resistance to change in the technology and automation, and how do you deal with that? Yes, no, that that's a great question. Something that we think about constantly, day in and day out, because you're absolutely right. Really, like you know, one of the biggest sort of like objections that we hear is actually that like your software is great. Like I get the ROI. Like it's just it's a matter of when, not if. Like we're gonna implement it someday, just not today. Not right. today, right? Exactly. You know, so from our perspective, it's really like 
trying to help them understand, yes, like, you know, in the short term, this is really painful. And there's also a lot of it is just very like emotional, right? And mental. And it's just like having the mindset to like be able to say, I'm going to change and not everything's going to go exactly the way that I expect because nothing ever does in life, but we're going to come out at the other end successful. And, you know, this is going to be like a game changer for us. So from our perspective, we actually coach, you know, our, you know, our, the firms, our contacts, um, you know, our, our main contacts in terms of the change management, you know, of like the rest of the organization, how to roll it out, you know, how to actually have messaging and framing. And one of the things that, we actually also coach them on is let's actually make it less scary, um, you know, by having very small wins, iterate, actually build, right? Like build sort of like the positive experience and momentum and then iterate again on top of that, on top of that. And that's one of the reasons, actually main reasons why we started out by implementing our payment solution for our customers, because that has the lightest lift and it's also very high ROI and doesn't require as much change management as some of the other high ROI, you know, automation out there. But that is kind of like a wedge into showcasing, hey, look, like dip your toe and it's a great experience. And that's not like put the you know bottom half of your body in and it's going to be <laughs> a little bit painful. But like, you know, you've already experienced a little bit and it wasn't that bad, right? You know, so absolutely like coaching them through that is a really key part of our um, experience in working with firms. And the last point I would say on that is we also make our implementation really simple. And we've realized like just kind of giving everyone like the easy button to kind of like do every single step, you know, from the beginning in terms of the change management helps a great deal because when you make it super, super concrete with, you know, milestones and project management and task, you know, sort of like, um, very uh, concretely outlined, like it then becomes something that's like nebulous to something that's a lot more like concrete. And that's just something that's more certain and concrete is a lot easier to change with and deal with than something that is just kind of like, you know, out there. Yeah. I love the, the baby steps. Let's start with the small, let's see, okay. See how little that pain was and see how big the gain was and see. And I love that, that you're kind of going through the psychology of change when you're, when you're doing this, this is, that's pretty cool. I haven't had heard people, I'm sure they do, but I haven't heard people talk about that before. And there's so many things firms can do more efficiently that they just avoid. And if you can help them make that change, I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, the thing is, we're not like we're not selling a technology, we're selling a solution to a pain point, you know, and we never want to lose sight of that technology is absolutely the enabler. Like we, we need our product and technology to actually like, solve the problem. But like the solving the problem requires a couple of other major facets, you know, here, which is also you know, making sure that the organization is set up to actually like receive the automation, you know, well, or scale and things like that, and really helping our firms and coaching them through kind of that transformation, the digital transformation as well, alongside with technology and using technology as a wedge for them for that organizational transformation. Because at the end of the day, that's just as critical as being able to use new technologies for automation. Yep. And then your software, your your system, your solution. I don't know if this is the right question, but standalone or is there other systems within the firm that, that it's going to supplement or work with and to gather data and do with these other? How How does it integrate, I guess, with other systems? Yeah, so our system integrates really 
usually like it requires another system, like another practice management system for, you know, us to really like build on top of and enhance and accelerate. And that's something that we recognize really early on as well, which is firms have spent a lot of investment and time into building out their existing practice management system configurations, whether it's custom dev work or the change management required is, you know, really great. So from our perspective, you know, we want to, once again, we're solving the problem. We're not introducing technology for the sake of introducing, you know, cool technology, but it's like, how do we actually make this useful for you? And really the answer so far has been, you know, you don't need to change your process. We can actually help you enhance with technology what you already have, like, and you can actually go very far. Um, so that's been our orientation so far. Um, also, because, as you know, there's lots of tooling in the space that don't talk to each other. And just that fragmentation of technology and process, you know, like workflow that are siloed, that's like a really big problem. And we don't want to necessarily add to that noise. So from our perspective, we want to be the unifier, a platform that actually can ingest like the other systems, workflows and relevant information and be able to turn, you know, something cohesive um, that firms can use um, that combines different types of data sources or be able to automate, you know, from one system to the other. So from our perspective, from day one, we've been very oriented towards how do we work really well, you know, with other systems um, that the firms already have today so they can get the most value out of all the systems they have. Got it. Okay. And then and then from your platform in general, is there like an ideal candidate or what's the normal firm that works with you? Is there a size? Is there a service? Is there, I'm assuming everybody can use it, but is there an ideal candidate, I guess? Yeah, what we find is that, you know, we our, our solution solves kind of a few major, you know, different variants of like pain points, like one of them is aging AR. So we find that an accounting firm that has massive, you know, like AR problem, like that firm is a great candidate for getting a lot of value out of our system, because we actually help to double the speed of cash flow and really cut down the AR and like make collections, you know, much faster. Um, so a firms that have that problem, just great candidates for great fits for, you know, finding value from our solution. Um, lots of times when firms are trying to modernize their client experience and, you know, for many firms, that is a very big topic in terms of, Hey, lots of our clients are just like, it's more and more upcoming. Like millennials are making decisions, you know, younger, and younger clients, we have to keep up. Like, how can we actually make sure we can compete well? Then like the modern, our modern, very like, very delightful, frictionless client experience, like that really adjusts that. So like firms that have like strategic imperatives around that, like also a really great fit. Um, capacity is just a universal challenge in our industry, but in particular, um, you know, Firms where maybe people are retiring that have very specific, you know, domain knowledge on collections and payments and like billing processes and things like that. Those firms are really interested in using our solution because they can actually get get that tribal knowledge into a technology form. So it's not lost and it's not human dependent. And, you know, many times if those um, types of resource like talent is kind of they're getting they're retiring or you know it's really difficult to find that we're helping them to solve that problem so we really like when we talk to cpa firms that we really try to understand like what are your biggest hair on fire problems and do those problems fit into you know something that we can help you like solve for and those three buckets i would say are kind of the main ones 
Okay. That's nice. There's a couple of things you just said in there, a couple of words, a couple of key phrases. One, just talking about the profession in general, you mentioned capacity issues. Uh, two, you were talking about showing the value of, of what you bring to them. I'm going to mesh those together Excellent. and talk about just billing in general, because you are a billing collections platform and everything. And I know you and I have talked a little bit before about this, but you've seen a change towards value billing. And I think that solves a lot. Of, I think, I mean, this is my personal opinion, but I think selling hours is one of the worst things we do as a profession. I'm just going to throw it out there. Do you have thoughts on the on the move to value billing or even subscription pricing? Is that something that uh, that you think about as a platform that deals with that? Absolutely. So really like what we do, like our solution, we automate, streamline, digitize the revenue cycle. Like we really help, we improve, we help them improve, accelerate, grow their revenue. And I think value-based pricing and can you actually charge more for the work that you're doing, which is almost certainly yes for Mm -hmm. our, our customers. Like that is a very direct improvement to the top line. So this is something that We've actually, you know, we knew from day one that we want to help firms kind of go there and support them in the journey as an industry. And it's been really exciting to see the progress, you know, that now we're starting to see the, the you know, kind of the leading edge firms that are like doing value-based pricing, you know, for new clients, we're going to put them on subscription. We're going to, you know, templatize like our services and like put a price on it. And, you know, I've seen kind of some of these processes play out kind of at a very nascent stage for, you know, a subset of our um, industry, which is really exciting. So for us, we think about that a lot. We think about how can we use technology and AI to really help, you know, our firm solve for that problem. And the other thing about, um, you know, our team is that we, uh, we've always thought, you know, AI is a great force multiplier. And that's something that we, you know, like, you know, sprinkled in and baked in from the big beginning of our product development. So a lot of this, you know, generative AI and chat GPT also very exciting, specifically for value billing. There's a lot of work that we could be doing and using kind of a lot of these interesting AI techniques to help firms better understand, yes, you should be billing 20% more, you know, this service, um, you know, that you did. Don't just slap a 10%, you know, cola, like you can actually double the price. Um, So that's something that we're productizing and building into our technology today. And, you know, from our perspective, like, it's just really exciting to see and and really like the end game that I think makes sense for our industry is really like switching the idea of productivity from unit of time to unit of outcome or output, right? And like, that's just kind of been years and years in making. Um, But I think really the first step is to say, we're going to price things not based on time, but we're going to price it based on output or outcome, right? And then the next step is, and I think this step is, I think it, it will happen and some of the firms have adopted it is actually say, you know, we're never going to track time anymore because it is not necessary for us to be able to measure the profitability and productivity, you know, of our employees. And I think for me, that's really, really exciting because just think about how much time and effort you know our industry spends on like time entry and how how effective that is which is not super effective you know from from i think that's probably not a very controversial statement um you know yeah so from my perspective it's like how can we help firms do that and that's really interesting for us yeah it is it's the more the more and more i talk about 
pricing and, and billing and hourly, you know, because I, I do a lot of presentations on mental health and burnout. And, and I think selling hours is one of the worst culprits when it comes to why burnout is an issue for okay. so many people in, in this profession. And so I like the fact that you, you're, uh, you're helping firms while you're out there uh, uh, make this change. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned AI as we're going, ChatGPT as we're going. In your name, iWin is actually AI, W-I-N. Yes. So AI is in there. I assume AI is uh, something that you thought about from the start when you're doing this. But AI is, I think, probably really forwarded a lot since you even named the firm, hasn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's it's very interesting because, yes, it has forwarded a lot, but a lot of it is also very much, I think, the public sort of like conception has caught up with the actual technology that's been going behind the scenes. Um, okay. You know, so from our perspective, you know, so Randy, I live in Silicon Valley. I live in San Francisco. So I just, I've seen like, you know, all the crazy sort of like hype cycle going up, all the investments, you know, that are going into startups. And it's just really, really exciting times right now here, you know, in Silicon Valley, just a lot of like technology sort of like breakthroughs. And I think these are the things that, we don't necessarily see like in the industry, but we we probably feel it. And I actually really, Joe Woodard from your last podcast has something that really resonated with me, which was that, you know, his point was that you don't have to be an expert, you know, as a CPA firm in AI, because AI is just embedded in like all the software and all the tooling that you use. So really like the thing that you should do is understand like those tooling and those products that you don't need to actually understand very specifically, but you know, it's basically what's like the outcome and, you know, what's like the impact of the AI in the tooling that you use today. And I, that, that really resonated because I see a lot of the foundation work that's been happening in Silicon Valley today. A lot of the technology behind the foundation models or LLMs or, you know, a lot of enterprise, you know, um, AI startups and generative AI that are building like development, like there's just this whole like infrastructure of being able to have startups take very easy advantage of all the latest AI breakthroughs, kind of the way that, you know, Joe was describing. So we can just all have AI just sprinkled in through all of the software and the technology that we use. And I actually ultimately think that's what's going to happen. Um, it's going to be way beyond, you know, chat GPT, which is, I think, kind of like the main buzz. Um, but really like chat GPT, it's just it's like a symbol, I think, of the capability and the capability will just be embedded into, you know, all the tooling that we use over time. And from our perspective, that's what we're investigating, you know, as, a, as an AI company, how do we actually take advantage all the latest breakthroughs and technologies into embedded into our software? So, so the firms don't even have to know that it's AI, but it's just so much better, like the value-based pricing, the recommendations and the predictive insights, like it's 10x, you know, it's like actually like something that wasn't able before, regardless of AI or not. Yeah, I assume AI is just going to give us insights into that pricing model that, that makes sense. We can look at profitability without tracking hours. We can see, yeah, I didn't even think about that part, but that that's pretty cool. All right. Exactly. I, I see a good future for our profession. And I see that fear factor not having to be large. I know people fear what's going on. How am I going to integrate this? You're not going to have to because Ellen just told us it's going to be sprinkled <laughs> in. Yes. It's just going to be there. We're going to be using it. And that's the key for us. It's going to be right. just magic behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just magic dust sprinkled into all of our software. Exactly. And there it goes. And it happens. And we're more efficient. All right. Exactly. 
So that was all great information. I love to, to see what you're doing. I love the pricing talk and the, the magic dust of AI going into these softwares. Before I ask you a final few questions, do you want to kind of give us a wrap on what you see, talk about whatever, your, your product automation in general, what the future is, or just you know, give us a little wrap on what, you, uh, what your, your passions are with technology, I guess. Yeah, so I, I think we definitely covered a lot of it, which is how do we really like help to really improve the lives of you know our customers, right? In terms of how do we make them more efficient, more effective? How do we make them less frustrated? You know, at the end of the day, like just like how do we have a very delightful, cohesive experience in which like they can actually do the work that they want to be doing in a very straightforward, easy way. And how do we help them grow revenues? Um, you know, so that's actually at a very high level, something that, you know, it, it's super exciting for us. And we wake up every single day and really motivated to work on that. And I think um, going back to this, you know, train of thought on AI, um, one of the things that we think very deeply about is how do we integrate that AI into, you know, our software product? And one of the papers that uh, from MIT Review, actually, that we read that informed our thinking was kind of all about human AI partnership and reinforcement learning and mutual learning. And I think that's like a really interesting model for us to think about, especially because, as you know, there's a lot of sort of like fear, you know, is it going to replace our jobs? Like, are we going to have to, you know, is it a zero sum game? And I think um, there's definitely many, many concerns that we have to work out, you know, short, mid, long, long term as an industry and really society, you know, as a whole. But the model that we think makes sense is that humans and AI, they learn from each other and like it's a virtuous circle, you know, so like you're training the AI, but the AI is also able to generate answers and suggestions and things that a human may not have thought of where it's like actually teaching the human something else. And, you know, it's able to then human. So it's like a very interactive, you know, very virtuous circle loop of mutual learning that helps to improve essentially the performance of each. And I think that's something that we really want to make sure we can embed in a way that is very productive for our customers. Nice. Nice. I like that. I like the, the way you say it because it's us together. We're, yes. we're both human AI working together, teaching each other, learning from each other and and helping us to be what you said up there, being more productive because the bottom line is that's everything. Being more productive, working less, making more, avoiding burnout. I exactly. can't have a podcast without me saying burnout, avoiding burnout Absolutely. is important. Okay. All right. Well, well, that was, that was great. I have a couple last questions I'd like to ask you, and I didn't warn you ahead of time, so we'll, uh, we'll see if you're prepared for this or not. But, okay. Um, uh, one question I ask everybody is, you know, all right, th this is great. I love this information. I love your passion about what you're doing and everything, but I assume you have outside of work passion as well. Yeah. Um, what what do you like to do when you're not uh, uh, working on the, the I win information? Well, you know, as a founder, we're always working 24-7 as in the background, but we do do other things outside of work work. Um, so love spending time with my friends and family. I have a niece and a nephew who are like in the elementary school age, so they're just in a super fun age. Um, so love spending time with them. I love hiking, just getting out of nature. Um, so beginning of this year, actually, I pulled out a map, a map of the U.S. and I thought, I've, I'm traveling so much this year. Let me actually see how many states have I not been to. So basically, I realized there are 17 states that I have not been to yet. So one of my goals this year is to try to 
hit more states that I have not visited yet. So right now I'm just looking for us to sign a customer in North or South Dakota so I can go visit the customer across <laughs> that state off my list. <laughs> nice. Has Illinois been on your list already? I assume it has. Uh, yes, I have been to Illinois many times. It's a very lovely, lovely state, um, as you know. <laughs> yep, that's where I'm at. And we're having yeah. a conference. Uh, the plan is that we will see you at our conference. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Yes, I am too. All right. And then the final question, if people want to mo- find out more about you or uh, IWIN, or where would they get more information? Yeah, I mean, our website's always a great initial resource, you know, iwin.ai. Um our LinkedIn is always a, also a really great resource. Um, we're, we're quite active there. And, you know, we post a lot on what we're doing, you know, where we're going, what we're thinking, fun posts, um, you know, professional posts, like the entire gamut. So I would definitely encourage anyone that's interested in went to follow us on LinkedIn. Anyone can just shoot me an email as well. So, you know, ellenjoy at iwin.ai. So, yeah. There you go. Well, I had the pleasure of meeting you recently. We've had a handful of conversations. I always enjoy them, so I really appreciate you being on the show. Awesome. And thank you so much for having me on the show. I really enjoyed this conversation as well. Thank you for joining us today on The Unique CPA. You can find the show notes for today's episode and learn more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and leave a five-star rating on your favorite podcasting app. And join us next time for more expertise and insights on The Unique CPA. Professionalproductions.net